to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Labor Day. I was actually, I actually thought to myself this week, oh, okay, it's it's Labor Weekend this weekend. And I've always celebrated this holiday without realising what we're celebrating. Is anybody else in the same boat as me? Or is it just me? A few of us. I know. I'm like, what are we actually celebrating today? And we're actually celebrating when workers won the right to go from six days working every week, 12 hours a day, that was what was normal, to our standard five-day working week, eight hours a day. So who thinks that's a pretty cool thing to celebrate? It's pretty awesome. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? It's, it's funny, people fought for what was, is our new normal. Imagine, like imagine the, the, what was previously normal, working six days a week, 12 hours a day, like that was normal. But people fought so that we would have a better normal. And I just have this sense that we're in this whole series of refresh and we kind of felt we're doing it as a whole church and we felt it was a really cool season just to look at refreshing our lives. You know, COVID has been this time of resetting things. But if we just reset in our natural ability and what we humanly think is wisdom, then we're going to miss what God is actually wanting to do in and through us. And there's got to be this place where we position ourselves and go, okay, God, how are you actually wanting me to refresh? How are you wanting me to to hit the reset button so that my life is a greater reflection of how you want me to live it, a greater reflection of you moving in and through me here on this earth? Like, how do I get more of you in my life? So what we're going to do is all this this month, we're going to look at this whole topic of refreshing and how we need to refresh. And today, the whole topic is around purpose. Are we living on purpose how God wants us to live? Are we living the God purpose and the God intention for our lives? And it is a massive topic It is a big question to ask ourselves. See, the meaning of purpose is the meaning for which something exists and was created for. So the question I want us to ask ourselves today is, do you know what you were created for? Do you know the reason for your existence? And I tell you what, it's not just to wake up and do a five-day working week, eight hours a day, There is far more to our existence than just going through the motions of a job, going through the motions of raising a family, going through the motions of doing what is expected of us. There is a reason, there is a meaning for our existence. And I want us to ask ourselves the question today, do we have the revelation of the meaning for our why? Why are you created? Why are you here for such a time as this? Why? Because you know what? I love what the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 10. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. We are created by Him. So when God fashioned us together and He breathed His purpose and His meaning into our lives, Can you honestly say, well, God, I know what that purpose is and I know that I know that I know why you made me. Can we say that? Have we got that conviction for the reason of our existence? Now, all of us 
have an incredible purpose, have incredible gifting, have incredible why for why you are here today. All of us have been given this rich deposit from God, this rich deposit from heaven, these rich gifts, this, uh, where only you can be the answer to the world around you. All of us have been given a particular gifting, particular purpose. It's not just for others around us, it is for you. But you know, I strongly believe there is so much God purpose and God gifting in this room, but so often we fail to realise what we have. So often we fail to realise how God has gifted us. And I was just reminded of this this week. We, Craig was on his way to Sydney to, to do a wedding. So we thought, you know, we'll, we'll just have a bit of family time and duck out to do dumplings, which is something we love to do, get a bunch of dumplings and do our thing. And while we were there, we thought, well, we'll pop into Target and get some warmer clothes for the kids because it's starting to get a little bit cooler now. Summer's like just gone like that, hasn't it? It's just like, where did summer go? And so get some warmer stuff for the kids. And as, as we were there, our little boy, um, Ezekiel, spotted these undies these cute little car undies and he is just obsessed with cars so these are his cute little undies so he he spied aren't they gorgeous this is such a mum thing to do check out my little boy's undies and and so so he spies these undies on the on the shelf on the rack and and he's like he's got to have these undies so so we're like okay buddy we'll get you these undies and we're toilet training him but he has no idea what these mean because he just pretty much, toilet training means running starkers and trying to use the potty. So he has no idea what undies mean. So we get him these undies and he's just pumped. He has to have them out of the packet and he, he has no idea what they mean. So, you know, where we would hide something like this discreetly, you know, if we're buying undies, we would just hide it discreetly, buy it. But he's like, he's owning it proudly. He puts it to his chest like this and he's walking around the shopping centre with his undies in his hand like this. And he will not let go of his undies. Literally all day he had these undies in his hands and he's not letting them go. They're his undies. So he goes to have his nap in the afternoon and he takes his undies with him. He gets up from his nap and he has his undies on him. We have pancakes. The undies sit next to him while we have pancakes. You know, he goes to sleep at night. He has his undies there. He wakes up in the morning. Zion gets, gets him out of bed for me. Comes into my room. He's got his undies in his hands. Like he just loves, it's a miracle that I snuck these away from him. I actually, I left some of them with him, but it's a miracle I got these away from him. So he has these undies, this gift that we have given him, but he has no revelation of the intention of the gift. And it got me thinking, how much has our Father gifted us stuff? But we have no intention of what He's gifted us. And so we just hold on to the gift ourselves. We're like, we're holding it here. We're holding it close. Nobody else can get hold of this gift because it's my gift. It's my thing. And we don't realise that it's actually in our hand to give to others. It's actually in our hand to be part of our purpose, to see our kingdom expression here on this earth. It's actually in our hand to make an eternal impact. And we have no idea the gifting that God has given us and how He's called us to release it, not keep hold of it. See, I love Philippians 2 verse 13. It says, It is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil His good purpose. Every gift we have is for God's will. It's for His intention. It's for His purpose. The gift you have for leadership 
It's to lead people to Jesus, to disciple people to Jesus. It's not just get, to get you to an elevated place in your work situation where you get a greater income and greater titles and greater opportunity. No, it's to lead people to Jesus. The gift that you have for business is not to lead you to greater security and opportunity, to have initiatives that, you know, like are just expanding your world. No, it's to expand the Kingdom of God. It's to see people discover Jesus. The gift that you have in your career, it's not just to advance you and to bring you favour, but it's to cause you to be a light in the workplace where others will look at you and go, you know what, there's something different about them. There's something that I want to, what's in them, I want in me. The gift that you have with kids, it's not just so that you have fun with kids, but it's so that you can be in church speaking life into kids. You know, the first mem- one of the first memories I have is a kids leader coming alongside me and saying, you've got a gift for leadership. Come on, what do we see with what's in our hands? Are we just holding it to ourselves thinking, oh, this is awesome. This will advance me. This will see me released. Or are we recognising that our gift is there for kingdom expression? Our gift is there for kingdom expression. Mark 1, verse 18 to, sorry, 16 to 18. It's when Jesus was walking by, walking by Lake Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother, Andrew. And these two men were fishermen and they were throwing a net into the lake to catch fish. And Jesus said to them, come, follow me and I will make you a different kind of fisherman and you will bring in people and not fish. So they immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. I, I love that passage because these two brothers, they were there and they had a particular purpose. They were living out the career. They were bringing in fish. They were providing. They were being the men that they had always expected, I suppose, that they would be. But Jesus comes along and He's like, Follow me, I've got something greater for you. Follow me, I want to make you into fishers of men. And there was something about Jesus that caused them just to set aside their purpose, to set aside their plans, to let it all go and to follow Him into something greater. And you know what? Jesus asked the same to us today. Would you set aside your plans, your purpose, your agenda, and would you follow me? Would you follow my purpose on your world? Would you set aside what you want to do and follow me instead? See, we have a decision to make. Will we settle in our plans or or will we pursue His purpose? Will we settle in our plans or will we pursue His purpose? See, what I've discovered is that we actually find our purpose within a greater purpose. We find our meaning within a greater meaning. You know, what do I mean by kingdom purpose, this thing that I've been talking about? It means we have lives that have an eternal echo. You know, when we were young kids, we would go to the beach a lot and we would go into the caves at the beach and do the echo game. You know, see what echo would come back to us. And an echo, it's a bounce back. It's what bounces back to you. And so the question I want us to ask ourselves is with our lives, have we got an eternal echo or a hollow echo? What is our bounce back in our lives? 
Does our bounce back, is it something that has eternal value? Or is it a hollow value that just stops with us? It's going to stop with the day that we die? Or is there an eternal echo with our lives? So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at what it means to find our eternal echo. Finding our eternal echo. And the first thing is we've got to look for external rather than internal impact. Look for external rather than internal impact. And we're going to use just that passage in Mark 17, that that word that Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that statement, fishers of men. God's purpose for our lives, it always, always comes back to people. It always comes back to people. And you know, our lens in viewing our purpose has got to be not how is this going to impact me, but how is this going to impact people? And my purpose and my God purpose, finding my God purpose, how am I going to make the most impact on the most amount of lives? How am I going to influence people? You know, Joseph is a great example of this. He has this dream, which he thinks is epic, where all his brothers and his father bow down to him. And he thinks it's so epic that he shares it with them all, tells all the brothers, which isn't a lot of wisdom. Tells his father as well, which again, isn't a lot of wisdom. And then the brothers hate him even more for it. So they throw him into, you know, well, they sell him into slavery. And then he's working for Potiphar and then he gets thrown into prison because Potiphar's wife accuses him of something he never did. And he's years in prison. And then in prison, he gets his breakthrough and he talks to, he interprets someone's dream who was close to the king, and then he gets released to be second in command of all of Egypt. And I love the posture of Joseph because it changed over the years. See, he went from being pumped about his dream, being that others would bow down to him, to this when the brothers, when he's confronting the brothers, he says in Genesis 50, verse 20, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. He has this turnaround where it's like, it's not about me. Everything that I went through, it's about the saving of many, many, many lives. And guys, I want us to get this this morning. Everything that we do, it's about people. Everything that we do this whole year as a church, we've declared it's about others. Everything we do, our purpose, our workplace, our raising our family, everything comes back to people. And we need to capture that because that is God's heart. His heart beats for people that it always comes back to others, that we are fishers of men. So the question we've got to keep asking ourselves is with our God-intended purpose, how much impact is it making in the lives of people? The measure of our purpose can be found by how much does it impact other people's lives in finding Jesus? You know, so often I see people make decisions where it's based on what is a good outcome for them rather than how does this impact people? And people finding Jesus. You know, for me, it's been a way to measure in my life what God is on and where God is leading me and, and the purpose that He has for me. I'm, I remember so many times in my life, there's been crossroads where I've had to decide which way am I gonna go? For example, when we were first involved in church and I was involved in worship, leading worship and also really involved in youth ministry. And we just got to this place where we were so busy with each of them that we had to make a call, which one was I gonna do? And I'm like, God, well, where's the fruit? 
Where has the most amount of lives been impacted and influenced? And it was in youth ministry. We were seeing so many people discipled and lives been saved. And so it's like, okay, I have to give up what I actually naturally enjoy to where is the fruit? Like we've got to be led where the fruit is. Where are people's lives being impacted? So often we make decisions based on what makes us feel good, validated and secure rather than where the fruit is. Where is the fruit of our lives? The second thing is we've got to, in finding our eternal echo, we've got to look for what's in us. Look for what's in us. And Jesus said in that statement, come follow me and I will make you. You know, He never calls us into something that He doesn't give us the goods to walk out. He gives us what we need to walk out our God-given purpose. Everything that we need is in us already. Everything that we need is around us. God sets us up always for a win. I love 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. I love that. You know what? We have each been given a ministry. Ministry positions are not just for pastors, not for leaders, not just for people who are in church. Every one of us is called to the ministry of reconciling people to Jesus. Every single one of us. You know, I look at the people in this room and you just so clearly see God's ministry on people. I think of Manny and Josephine leading a music school. You know, they are gonna reach people that I could never reach. They are gonna reach people that all of us would never reach because that's their ministry expression. You know, I think of Justine and and Janine. You know, there's a ministry expression on their life to reach people that I will never reach. I will never be able to reach the people that they're called to reach. But there's a ministry on their world to reach those people. I think of Abby and Gina. There's a ministry on their world to reach people in the marketplace and community that we will never reach. But we've got to recognise our own ministry. What are we called to? What is the ministry that is on our word? And it's got to be a ministry that comes back to people. Who are we called to reach? And I think so often, and with our purpose, we just try and be like others rather than discovering who God has called us to be. And a cool way to um, just illustrate this today is I'm going to ask Leighton, Incredible Leighton to come out and help me out with this illustration. How good is Leighton? He is such a good man. <clears throat> and see, Leighton has this incredible ability to play the guitar, this amazing sound, but you know, there's a sound on his life, there's a ministry expression through his life. But imagine, which we often do, if Leighton decides, you know what, I'm sick of using the sound that God's given me. I'm sick of expressing it this way. You know, I want to I wanna play the guitar like a keyboard because I want to sound more like a keyboard. Like I want to do the ministry time, you know, that the key, you know, the keys, the key, they get to come up first and do all the spiritual moments. Like I, I want to do that. 
And so he tries to play a guitar like a keyboard. And obviously the sound of that guitar is awful because he's not playing it how it intended to be played. But when he takes that guitar and plays it how it was intended to be played, Thank you, Leighton. Thank you so much. See, when we realise, actually, I've got to be comfortable in using how God intended me to use my gift, the purpose that He placed on me, the gifting that He placed on me, being comfortable and secure in that gift, rather than trying to be like somebody else, then the sound that comes from our lives is so powerful. It's so much more effective. It works in with everybody else. We've got to be secure in what God has called us to be, embracing who God has called us to be rather than questioning it. So often we're like, God, why'd you make me like this? God, why can't I be more like them? God, why can't I have that gift? And God's like, would you just embrace what I've given you? Because if you embrace what I've given you, man, the sound in your life that can be brought out, that can be produced is so much greater. Romans 9 verse 20 to 21 says, Shall what is formed say the one who formed it? Why did you make me like this? <laughs> like, just God slamming us there. Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes, some for common use? Come on, guys, why do we talk back to the one that created us? God's like, I made you perfectly. I made you exactly how I wanted you to be. I placed you there for a particular reason, for a particular purpose. Embrace it. Don't question it. So how do we do this? How do we discover what God has given us, what He's put in us? Is We've got to discover what's in our heart. Galatians 4 verse 18, it's fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good and to be so always. What are you passionate about? What stirs you? What gets you pumped? I mean, it was so cool last Sunday night, I was just hanging out before our 6pm service and there was a beautiful lady hanging on the couch and we just got chatting and she's like, you know what? COVID is just, I've realised that I'm just not living on purpose. You know, there's just something so much more that I know God has for me. And she's like, I've always had an interest in uh, producing music. And I was like, that is so cool because often you don't find that in a girl. I'm like, that is awesome. And and she's like, I've just, you know, been previously tinkering with different apps, but I decided, you know what, I'm actually going to actually study in this. And so I've started studying and I'm with all these younger people, but I'm here. And it's like, it's never too late to get into your God zone and find your passion. And she was pumped and I introduced you to Micah who oversees all our technical areas and they were speaking a language that I did not understand at all but she's pumped because she's getting in her passion zone it's never too late to get in our passion zone what are we passionate about what stirs us that the question we're going to ask ourselves is what is in our hand what is in our hand 1 Corinthians 3 verse 7 to 9 says so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything Guys, our giftings, they're not really anything because it's God who makes it grow. It's Him that does it all. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their labour. We're going to be rewarded eternally because of our labour. 
This is something that we don't talk about much in church. We're like, we're going to get to eternity. It's going to be awesome. But do we realise that our eternity is going to be impacted by how we laboured here on earth for God's purpose? And I just want to lay it straight because we're here to pastor you, we're here to lead you. Come on, what's our eternity going to look like based on how we're labouring right now? Are we labouring for God's purpose or for our purpose? And it's a question we're going to continually bring to ourselves because there's got to be a God purpose in our labour. How are we labouring? Is it for a God purpose? You know, as we labour in God's purpose, I've discovered that, you know, the really annoying thing about God is that He reveals things step by step. He never reveals the full picture. So an awesome way to discover more of our giftings is to get serving wherever the need is, wherever I can help. And as we do that, more of God's purpose for our life is revealed. Craig and I, we started out as kids' church leaders at Life and just faithful with labouring with what we'd been given in our hand. Come on, are we being faithful with what God has entrusted into our hand? Because as we're faithful, God breathes on that. Our son Zion is 11 years old and he welcomed you this morning. I hope, really hope he welcomed you well (laughs) as he drove in. But you know what? I'm like, my boy, you're 11 now. It's time to start serving in God's house. Because from a young age, I want you to realise the value of what you can give to God's house. You've got a part to play. You're not just rocking up on a Sunday, buddy. I know you could say, but mum, I'm just 11. No, you've got a part to play. I want you serving in God's house. I want you valuing the part that you get to play. And as you're faithful with what God has entrusted into your hand, He'll give you more. I want that instilled into our kids from a young age, that they've got a part to play. Are we labouring for God's purpose or are we labouring for our own agenda and our own good? The last thing is the team can join me, please, is we've got to look where he's leading. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come, follow me. Following Jesus has got to be our ultimate goal in everything. I love what John 14, verse 28, Jesus said these words, the Father is the goal and the purpose of my life. We can have so many goals, humanly speaking, but Jesus has got to be our ultimate goal. To know Him, to follow Him. And as we do that, everything else works itself out. Pursuing Him, placing Him as number one, loving Him with everything. That is how we ultimately find our purpose, find our part. As we follow Him or self-motivation and self-agenda, it just falls to the wayside because He creates a clean heart on the inside of us. He makes us new. Following Him, He just makes everything new. And I learned this so beautifully from my dad And I'll often talk about my dad because he's my spiritual hero. He's absolutely amazing. But I know we've got a lot of new people here that you wouldn't have heard his story. And he was a product of rape. 
And when Grandma was just young, she was raped and he was a product. And in those days, nothing that was talked about. So everyone just totally ostracised him and rejected him. So from a young age, he just was brought up to believe he didn't have a purpose. He didn't have a hope. He was the only dad in his entire school that didn't have, sorry, only kid in his entire school that didn't have a dad. He was bullied from a really young age, went through sexual abuse, just horrific stuff. And then at 18, he met Jesus. And he said to me one day, you know what? I didn't have a, have a father, but Jesus taught me everything. I had his first job when he was just young. And he said, Jesus taught me how to work. You know, Scriptures like, serve your earthly master as unto the Lord. And he said, I took that Scripture. And so I was just the bum boy in a glass factory mistreated, but I took that Scripture and I took it as mine. And so he, he moved up in that workplace because he just kept being the blessed and mo most awesome employee. And then he just got given more and more opportunity, did what he had in his hand to do. And now he's in a place where he's one of the richest men in the town that once ostracised him. And he would say, first and foremost, it's just because I followed Jesus. I just listened to Him. I just pursued Him. He's a multimillionaire now, bum boy in a factory. God has elevated him just because he's followed Jesus. Now he would, before we moved here, he would stay with us one night a week because he was doing his rounds. He has a business and he'd do his rounds. And I would have to come out to him while I was trying to sleep because he'd be on the couch. And I'd say, Dad, could you stop worshipping? Because I need to go to sleep. Like, Everything, He just loved Jesus so beautifully. If we love Jesus, if we pursue Jesus, our purpose, it works itself out because He makes us. As we follow Him, He makes us. So I just love us to have a moment right now where we allow Him just to breathe on us in a fresh way. We surrender our lives to Him afresh. We just have this moment of abandoning ourselves to Him afresh so that He could breathe His purpose in us in a new way. So God, I just pray right now for all of us that are online, for all of us that are in this room, I pray that You would meet us in a new way. God, we ask that You would move so powerfully God, I pray that as we surrender to You, that You would shift things in our lives. God, we just ask right now that You would just breathe Your purpose, You would breathe Your value afresh, that You would highlight things to us, that You would reveal things to us. God, I pray that You would meet us in a new way as we worship You in Jesus' Name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.